Welcome to the Yoga Addiction. If you're a yoga teacher or student who wants a deeper understanding of yoga with respect to science, health, and longevity, this podcast is for you. Every week, we'll dive deep into a topic to help you be a better yogi, teacher, and communicator. We want to give you a practical understanding of the current science related to yoga and help you create quality, safe, and inspired classes, whether they are for yourself at home or for your students. I'm Natalie Sanger. And I'm Sandy Hewen. We look forward to you taking part in our conversations. Hey there, Nat. Hey, Sandy. How's it going? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm sore. I'm a little bit tired, but I'm good. I'm trading my nap in today to do this with you. Oh my God. Good I know. There's you. like a little bit of resentment, but there's also like feeling accomplished for doing things. Do you always nap at like a three o'clock nap? <laughs> yeah, almost. Really? <laughs> You're like a cat. Uh, yeah. I, I love sleeping. I just love it. I like sleeping too. I'm actually really fortunate in my apartment here because I do like after the stressful renovation shit we've been through like I my adrenals are a little bit fried so I am getting that afternoon crash more than usual um but what I like in this apartment is I get afternoon and evening sun so it's like right when like I start to like fade it kind of like the light kicks in and it's pretty bright it's not even that hot Mm. which is nice but it's bright and then I'm like okay and I'm like maybe I'll just go for a walk and then I feel better, but I mean, yeah, if I was tired enough, I would totally throw down a nap. (laughs) Naps are the best. They're really good after like teaching a class where you just need to like, I need to recharge my batteries. Oh yeah. Yeah. If you've taught. Yeah. I would, I think I napped more when I was teaching. Um, yeah. A lot of outward energy there and you sleep differently in a nap. Like I swear it's deeper. What? Deeper than sleep sleep? Yeah. Deeper than night sleep. I will go to like crazy far of places in my afternoon nap. Oh, well, no, like dreaming sleep, I think is different from like sleep cycles. Like you only do, I think you do like half of a cycle of sleep when you nap and um, you go into like the dreaming sleep. I forget if it's non-REM or REM. And then during like a nighttime sleep cycle, it's like 90 minutes where you cycle back and forth between different stages. So that might be why. That might be why. And then it's also like you you, uh, wake up from the nap remembering more. So you might have had dreams during the evening that you don't even remember. Mm, Yeah, that makes sense. (laughs) But yeah, you should be getting more more sleep in general at night, Nat. Oh, I definitely sleep at night, but it just seems like that (laughs) nap is like so satisfying. And then it just like the bed will just like take you. (laughs) You're just like, Ah! I am... I am one with you. And I go to bed. Like, I know a lot of people are a couch napper because they won't, they'll go down for like three hours. Otherwise, I go to my bed. I'm like, screw it. I'm going to bed. And it's so great. Okay. But I have this thing where I I hate being like sweaty. Like, if I just taught a class, my feet have been like around a yoga studio. Um, And, you know, like I've sweat a little bit, even just like dewiness. Mm -hmm. I hate like climbing into my nice clean bed like that. I want to like shower and, and so, so if I nap, then that's why I do it on my couch because, well, like, fair whatever enough. the couch is my dog's territory. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it can be dirty; it's fine. No, I get that. You can still have a good nap on a couch, yeah. So, do you like wash your feet before you tuck into bed? Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> that's one of my things. Just like, please wash your feet, everyone. That's, that's coming like, into my. Bed. It depends on the scenario. <laughs> like, if I feel like I need to, but it's not habitual every day. Oh, interesting. Yeah. 
Eric often takes a nighttime shower, so he's good. Mm, yeah. I, he probably feels the same way I do. Just like, yeah, I want to wash off the day, wash off my feet. But then he'll be like All that. never interested in like washing the sheets. Like I'm always the one who's just like, we should wash the yeah. sheets. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That might yeah. be a different, different topic. <laughs> that might be a different reason why he doesn't want to wash. <laughs> That's true. But he's, maybe he's just. Yeah, his side is cleaner than mine. But I'm like every week, I'm like, Kate, wash your sheets. But it's yeah. nice. It's so nice. And when they come fresh out of the dryer and they smell so good and they're like slightly warm. Yeah. It's oh, so good. I think I will. I think you've inspired me. I'm going to wash my feet before I go to bed if I don't shower before bed. Especially in the summer, like, cause I am in yes. sandals a lot and I do feel yes. like, yeah, I am washing them a little bit more. Um, yeah, I just shit just everywhere. My feet are always in sandals. So. Thanks, Andy. Yeah, man. Yoga studios are gross. Wash your feet, people. Like, yeah. I always, yeah. Like, right now, I want to wash my feet so bad. Just, like, scrub them. But, yeah. Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold off. I'm going to hold off. You can wait. <laughs> okay. So, we're going to talk about one of my favorite poses, right? One of your favorite po- Is it one of your favorite poses, too? Just a um, good, good pose, I think. It's a good pose, but I haven't, like, deep-dived into it in a while. So it's a good good discussion, yeah. but um, I don't know if I'd call it a favorite. Like, hands down favorite is Warrior 3. What's mm. your hands down favorite? Is it this one? I feel like it might be Side Angle. Side Angle. Whoa. There's, really? There's a lot going down in there. But your Warrior 3, like, has that element of balance, focus, drishti. Well, I guess everything has that. Yeah, but <laughs> the lack of side stretch, which I love and no twist yes yes see this yes, is there like, is a lack yeah you can and mm. you use balance in this one too there's a lot of stability you can practice you're getting a bit of a twist you're getting shoulder flexion you're getting the whole like side oh my body has felt it like right from my it band through my waist through my ribs my lats like all the freaking way and then you can like turn your pinky just that little bit more and just be like whole side body stretch so good <laughs> okay but warrior three like I, yes i i would agree that there's an element of balance in side angle pose but warrior three like is balance it's all balance so standing leg ankle it's it's different you know it's like full body weight on one leg mm-hmm. it's a different kind of balance i love right? that it's pose like- i'm not gonna not say i don't love warrior three I just, I don't you know, know what I we're can, like can't go favorite we're like it. um kids with like baseball cards being like oh my god no mine is better than yours and you're like no but this guy has like the superpower whatever it is totally <laughs> yeah well what about half moon then because half moon is balance and got a little bit more of what's going on inside angle Less glute medius, more piriformis activation, I feel. And that, I think, I feel like, I feel like, um, Ardha Chandrasana requires a lot more inner thigh and hamstring length. And Warrior Three, you can do like a really shitty high up Warrior Three. Well, not shitty, but just like back out of it a lot. Mm-hmm. And there's still so much benefit into standing ankle, standing leg stability, um, and just awareness of straightening your back when it's tilted forward. I don't know. I still love Warrior Three. Yeah, My loyal girl. The glute meat of that standing leg in Warrior Three is that's unique. Like that's just hard. 
keep her pelvis turned yeah. forward or yeah. forward and down. Side angle is a little, or um, half moon rather, Ardichandrasana is a little more direct on like what your glute meat is doing there, like lifting the top leg and stabilizing the bottom yeah. leg. The orientation at the bottom leg, it's more accessible where this uh, warrior three, your glute meat's in a long position stabilizing. Yeah, exactly. Hard. And I, I would, yeah, I would argue that the warrior three position is like more translatable to real life too, like stance and... I don't know. Mm-hmm. Your hips are more often pointed forward in regular life than like in this knees wide mm-hmm. <laughs> like sumo squat and then balancing and reaching. So that's that's also another reason why I like it. I also like it because yeah, it, it has like direct um benefits to uh repetitive motion forward motion sports like running or cycling. I feel like when your glute medius is really strong in that lengthened state, running and cycling also benefit from it. So that's why that's another reason I love it. So like warrior three better prep for the doing of life activities. (laughs) (laughs) Stay with me. Stay with me. Side angle is like side angles your counter to all of that stuff. So you go do those Ah. things, you practice all those things to get strong, maybe tight. And then your side angle is just like lengthening out all of that shit. Oh yeah, I can see that. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because they're very opposite poses actually when you think about it. Huh. I guess so, yeah, because the in extended side angle, the lengthening side, um, that top side, that glute medius is a little bit stretched, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Huh. Interesting. Okay. Well let's break it down. Let's break down side angle. We'll break down warrior three another time. Cause we could definitely do that. Oh yeah. It's been hours on <laughs> three, but okay, okay, okay. We'll do this one. Um, what do you? How do? Let Let's start with the ground, ground up. Yeah, yeah. So I guess we'll just talk about like what position the main joints are in, and let's go through instead of just. I started this out by kind of looking at what muscles are being, um, I guess activated. What's what's short? What's and what's long? What's being stretched? But then it was like, okay, every muscle is doing something, so you can't just name every single muscle. <laughs> And you're going to leave something out if you don't go into extreme detail about one thing. So maybe we'll just go through in general. And then the main things that we see as teachers and students and then and then also like things we hear being cued by other teachers where we're like, okay, that's good. But what about this other thing? Which is what we Mm. do. Yeah. So yeah, from the from the ground, from the ground up. So. I don't know. Maybe we'll we'll probably link to a photo of this one just in case people are like really new to yoga. I doubt they're listening to us, but if you are new to yoga, you don't know Parsvakonasana, side angle pose. Um, we'll put a picture to it. So, oh my gosh, this this whole preamble must have been so confusing. If you didn't know what we were talking about, this you this just like the whole gone. preamble of like they're already which gone. poses. <laughs> yeah, bye, bye, come back. <laughs> but yes, we will link some pictures. Yeah. So front knee is bent, <laughs> flexed. Um, and the back, well, let's say front leg bent, knees bent, back leg is straight. So your knee is straight, straight-ish. You can see in my notes there. <laughs> um, well, I guess we'll go from the, the ankle. So your front ankle is pretty much like a neutral, like you would in Tadasana. Back ankle is doing what's called inversion. So that's when the outside of your ankle is technically kind of in a a, a longer the tissues are lengthened the outer edge of your foot is moving away from the outer edge of your knee right that's kind of how I describe it like yeah. and that's one of the cues yeah. you hear teachers say in with the back foot in any warrior stance especially pars 
kind of push the outer edge of your foot into the floor, push the pinky toe side of your foot into the floor, the outer blade of your foot into the floor. Da 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 da. <laughs> da, 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 da. So that's yeah that. that's that's basically it sometimes i'll be like like push down and imagine if i were like try to like slide a piece of paper underneath that foot you're trying to prevent me from doing so like your foot is mm-hmm. sealing into the, the mat like a piece of tape or yep i don't know sticky stuff <laughs> and then i think like let's start at this ankle what i hear teachers say and maybe not maybe not see in their students is that so there, there is that um, desire to have the students try to engage the arch of the foot. So you're lifting up, you're using muscles on the front and the back of your shin to lift your arch. So really kind of mm-hmm. get some ankle stability here, even though it is really kind of tilted to the side, inverted. Um, people with flat feet, like they're not going to be able to get their arch up off the ground very much mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. So you kind of have to look just for that effort in the outer edge of the foot and that might, you might see that kind of go up like into the quad sometimes. So you might see like a really turned on quad of the back leg because they're just like efforting so much through their whole leg mm. that mm. that um, the arch is not going to lift if you're a really flat footed person. Well, what, what do you think about using the toes to help create an arch? Push down through your big toe. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like let the toes, I know a lot of people are, are, um, I've heard it cued a lot of, of like trying to relax your toes and lift from the arch itself. But when it's so, so difficult to find your arch, cause you've never been taught to, I find it like, especially when I began, it's easy to like scrub your toes towards your heel, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like create, like use all that you can in your foot to create that arch and then just like try to back out of it a little bit Mm -hmm. if that makes sense yeah yeah the arch can be engaged with your toes like curling in like you can just like sit right now and like kind of curl your toes towards your heel yeah right yeah but the arch can also be engaged with your toes lifting and just pushing your big toe mound down yeah i can feel that too so there's no really wrong way there. Kind of just depends on maybe what you're practicing later in your foot if you want mm. to practice those two things. But yeah, maybe just like rooting the knuckles of your toes down until you mm. feel a tone in the bottom of your foot, whether that is a lift or not. Um, yes. But for the mm-hmm. teachers to to acknowledge that there is effort in the foot, period, and you're never going to see like a gap under the arch of someone's foot necessarily in some people. Yeah. Yeah. And I think what, so sometimes you can see people, um, when inversion is really difficult, whether it's due to like a previous ankle sprain or just the, the fallen arches, it almost looks like it's everted, like the other way around, like the inner arches flat mm-hmm. down, whereas the outer arches lifted. Um, so in those cases, what would you do? I would probably look at the spacing of their stance. Commonly, mm-hmm. it's too big of a stance. And they're losing yeah. traction and sliding, and they're just trying not to <laughs> to do the splits, <laughs> like hot yoga. They're just like gliding apart. Like, oh no! Oh no! Yeah. So just, just like using it. every part of their foot to like stop them. They're putting the brakes on. <laughs> yeah, and I, yeah, that's exactly what I would do. And I, I would uh, sort of ask them to like pull their legs energetically together so you're stopping yourself from sliding wide not by pushing down but by pulling in does Mm -hmm. it make sense 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that, that will sometimes help engage that foot. Yeah. Sometimes. <laughs> yeah. So if you're a student and you've heard that, like, you know, you go into these warrior two type stance poses and half the time you're kind of pushing into the outer edge of your foot and pushing down. Maybe you're practicing grounding. Depends where you're going later. Sometimes you're practicing like hugging in the adductors and kind of the inner lines of the legs. Depends where you're going later. Also, maybe it just depends what your teacher is seeing in you or the, the general group of the students. Yeah. So yeah, there's no, again, like not a wrong cue there, just depending what you're seeing in your students as is like this whole thing we're going to break down. Yeah. And so, yeah, you're, you're so right about the arch because some people will naturally have an arch with no effort and some people will look like they're just relaxed, but they're not. And they're, they're trying really hard to make that arch. So I think it's about, um, like if you have a one-on-one, that's like a perfect time to discuss this being like, are you like, you know, I can't tell, are you, are you working? Do you feel the activation? And then like, if so, then just like back out and let them deal with it. Whereas, um, it's not always a visible thing that you can use to judge your reaction. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. So sometimes it has to be like a verbal, do you feel it? Or like sometimes um, you just got to like trust that they understand what you're talking about and back out of it. Like in a group class, you, you kind of have to pick your battles, I guess. Totally. Yeah. I've poked at some people's arches. <laughs> I've, I've definitely like, yeah, when I started teaching, I was just like, is this... Is this trying to lift? And they're like, yep. I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And then you just have to leave it. Like, as long as you're trying, okay, cool. Like, that's that's as much as... Because, again, an- anatomy and, like, individual variants, right? Like, you, you can't tell. Yeah, for sure. Sometimes. Yeah. Okay, so front ankle, straight up and down. Um, yeah. What I like to look for here... And, well, anything in the ankle generally is going to be coming from what your knee's doing generally what your knee's doing is coming from what your hip is doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but you want to create that straight ankle by stacking your knee more or less straight up over your ankle. So a vertical shin straight up and down. Okay. So I, I actually have a question here. So mm-hmm. some people are able to point their knee forward and their toes go more external rotation than their knees go. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So what would you say there? Would you correct their toes back in or would you allow their toes to go farther in external rotation than their knee? Yeah, I would correct their toes in and then work Mm. from your hip to bring your knee straight forward. I think that's... Well, let's say the knee's already straight forward. But... And the toes are going past. Yeah, but then you have to think about it from like a neutral position. So put the Mm -hmm. foot in neutral, then your knee's going to be turning in. And then you want to... Yeah, because if your knee is straight with your toes out, you knee is straight with your toes out. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Then if yeah. you put the foot forward, probably unless it was just a little bit of ankle movement, um, the knee might be kind of tilting inside of the ankle. Mm. And if that's the case, depends. Yeah, yeah. If that's the case, there. If that's what happens, then you need to cue a little bit more to the action on the outside of the hip. So that kind of yeah moving the outside say your right legs in front some of the cues are like pull the outside of your hip down kind of like roll it under until you feel your glutes engage or you feel a tone in the back of your hip also like a little bit of pulling back with your hip Um, your pelvis as a whole might be tilted over towards the top left hand corner so your leg might be just doing what your pelvis is doing 
So orienting your pelvis first, a little bit more straightforward, whatever cues you want to use mm. to get there. Then if your knee's not following, your foot's forward, your pelvis is forward, but your knee's in, then it's really those like outer hip um, stabilizers to kind of pull it back in line. And yeah. again, and maybe it doesn't go right away. Like mine did yeah. not go there the first time a teacher asked me to do that. I was just like, what the what? <laughs> yeah, no, but I, I like those cues, the ones that you said. I want to, I want you to repeat them. So your cues were, uh, wrap your hip under. Yeah, then that, that, kind of the outside the of your hip, pull the outside of your hip down until the back yeah. of your hip tones. So the right hip. I, I like, I've been taught to give them a stopping point. Because like do this until this or else maybe people mm -hmm. just go way, 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 way too far yes. and their other hip is super yeah. lifted. So yeah. do that until you feel the tone in the back of your hip or maybe your knee is then pointed straight forward. Mm -hmm. And then pull your right hip back until your pelvis is turned forward or faces forward to the best of your ability. Keep your knee straight over your ankle or as best you can or something like that. Okay, when you say pelvis is facing forward, not Oh, not sorry. Like I'm, a, now I'm thinking like warrior. Yeah. Yeah. Now sorry. you're thinking warrior one. So now I'm thinking so, warrior one. So let's go back. I think, yeah, it's more subtle. Just like draw the femur bone back in its socket. Yeah. Until you feel that like hugging. Is that what you're trying to say? Yeah. I'm just trying to, sorry. I'm just okay. doing, a little, I'm doing a little pivot in my chair. <laughs> Don't everyone get confused with the hips forward. Yeah. I was thinking one because I was like just thinking about the knee. But yeah, hips more, a little bit more turned to the side in this one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think that's, this is uh, well, the reason I brought this up because, um, I see this a lot and I think a lot of people get confused, especially just students who haven't done much studying in yoga, um, about like the purpose of poses. So mm -hmm. the warrior poses, I don't think, in my opinion, none of them are designed like to stretch you out. If they stretch you out, that's sort of just like, okay, cool. It was because you were tight there and then you got that benefit. But they're mostly a practice of a very, um, consider uh what's gonna call it moderate range of motion mm -hmm. so your front hip in uh warrior two as well as parjrakanasana is not in your extreme external rotation it's in an external rotation that you can comfortably stay in and feel grounded so when you see people turning their toes way way out sometimes i feel like that might be because um the teacher or whatever the class is is just overstressing this external rotation and then we're just trying to crank the knee out crank the knee out 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 like in in tree pose when they're like oh point your knee to the door like straight out to the side sorry not to the door i'm sorry yeah. i'm like picturing my yeah. my yoga classroom <laughs> but like point your knee straight out to the side um and for many people that is just not possible range of external rotation in the within um, the joint within the bone itself yeah yeah exactly so that's the same thing in in uh, warrior two and parjvakanasana um for me standing postures you're bearing weight in this joint so i want this joint um aligned and strong and that doesn't mean that i'm going to maximum if that mm -hmm, makes sense mm -hmm. yeah yeah so with that extreme external rotation if you were to have like that full like knee all the way out by your hip. I mean, it's hard to imagine this pose because you're tilted forward eventually. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. But some of that cueing is kind of the opposite of what I was saying when I was digressing back to warrior one. But you're, some, <laughs> some teachers will cue like turn your pelvis to the side. And it's like, yes, yeah. your pelvis is turned towards the side, but it is not like 
evenly facing the long edge of your mat perfectly. No, no. And so few people can actually achieve that. Yeah, it's a very, yeah. uh, and if that's the case, if you, if you are like overreaching with that turning of your hips to really, you're like, that's something you want to do is turn your hips to the side. You will find Mm -hmm. eventually your knee is going to come in because it's just beyond the bounds of, um, first you're going to go beyond what your tissues can handle. And then eventually when everything is stretched out, what your bones can handle, like the, the joint range of motion just isn't there for the majority of the public. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's just something that, that should be talked about. Like the, the purpose of this pose is, is not, it's not extreme external rotation. It's not maximum Mm -hmm. external rotation at all. It's very um, moderate. It should be moderate. Yeah. So it's just like hips turned to the side for whatever amount you can keep your knee over your ankle. I'd like to see that practice the most because from that you can gain a lot of stability in your ankle, your knee, all the way to your hip. Yeah. And And I think that like the, the feet can sometimes tell us as teachers what the hips are trying to do. Mm -hmm. Right. So if the, the toes are, um, inching or like if your weight is favoring in one side of the foot or the other then you you sort of know that the hips are also leaning towards there you know so or like collapsing wherever it is so so sometimes you can you can sort of guess guesstimate yeah you can see the effort of someone pushing into the outer edge of their front foot too much until their big toe mound lifts yeah exactly yeah 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 yeah, that's good. And then the front knee is like 90 degrees-ish, and there's so many modifications <laughs> depending on what group of people you're teaching or what your body has been through. But so like a bend in the front knee, 90 degrees is going to depend on your stance. The length of your stance is limited by a lot of the deep tissues in the bottom of your pelvis, in the base of your yeah. pelvis there, your inner thighs, your adductors. So don't worry about the knee so much bent to 90 um yeah and then that's kind of speaking to the tight people for the really flexible people like keep it at keep it at 90 and don't go more than that because <laughs> then you're, you're just <laughs> yeah. like sinking to the floor and not practicing that stability just probably like yeah. a little bit more of your experience do you have that oh, that much um, flexibility that you have problems or you're like you set up your warrior two or your i, I can stance. collapse i i can definitely collapse <laughs> like you're telling me if i can collapse without injury yeah probably in in some cases if i'm warm but um like it, it's clearly a a let go it's not it's not controlled yeah if that makes sense yeah it's not it's not like a i own this range of motion it's like a and there it goes kind of thing but yeah i think i think it just goes back to the purpose like this is not meant to take you into extreme range of emotions for in, in my experience, this should just be a, a st- stable middle of your range kind of position. So if anything, I would even say, take your hip a little bit above your knee. Yeah. So that, that 90 degree angle is more like 87 or 85. <laughs> yeah. So like, I kind of yeah. will look for the flesh on the back of side of the leg. So the flesh of your hamstring and the flesh of the back of your uh, shin there. So your calf muscle and that angle, like that's kind of like my max of where I want the 90 degree angle to be. So when you look mm-hmm, at your yeah. leg from like the quad to the shin, there's more like, I don't know, a hundred or something. Cause there's quite a massive muscle there. 
Mm-hmm. Um, if I see that hamstring kind of sink down and it's more like a 90 from shin to quad, I will probably ask people to like push down through your feet, even lift your hips up a couple of inches and feel until yeah. you feel that tone in the right side of your hip, especially. So you can do a lot yeah. of work pushing down through the front heel to really engage, um, your glute max and the deeper muscles in your glutes there to really support you and practice stability. Yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree that this is, it should be all about the stability, um, which is where I think like the arm position can come in and sort of help everything out mm-hmm. to, to help you feel things. Yeah. What's your favorite arm position? Mine in my body, I like putting my front arm inside my front leg straight. So okay. my forearm or maybe my tricep, the back of my upper arm will meet just inside my knee or maybe a little more in the um, inner thigh area and then either my arm just goes straight down or my arm goes on a little bit of an angle and my forearm also touches the inside of my shin so I Mm -hmm. use that when I'm really tight in my inner thighs like I am right now well relative to my body Um, I use that as a little bit of way to to push so to push the knee to push the knee out yeah Uh. and then it's like with that boundary, then my hips can do the work to keep it back. Sometimes mm. I'll even push in a little bit, depending on what I'm practicing, as long as my yeah. knee doesn't fold fold in, but yeah. it'll like keep it yeah. there and I can do a little bit of adductor yeah. work. Yeah, so it's sort of like your your bones aren't moving, you're just pushing the muscles against your own body. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, And I will get my so hand I, to the floor, yeah. like inside or outside, I'm not too picky on that, but... At, like, that's right you have yeah as i'm working my way there i'll usually do that straight arm because you have really long legs in proportion to your arms uh-huh. from what i remember uh-huh. yes <laughs> good point yeah you do you you have very long legs and see that's where another anatomical difference that you can like vis- visually see in nat and i like if we just stood side to side i have this like long torso these gorilla arms and these short stubby corky stumps of legs um so <laughs> Yeah, I'm like the dashend of humans with gorilla arms. <laughs> I don't think your arms are that long. I think they're like My arms normal. are Mine are super short. long. <laughs> so anyway, so this makes it really easy for me to put my hand flat without bending my knee very much. Whereas for you, for you to get your arm flat, your hand flat against the ground, that must be so challenging because you have this huge leg that has the bend. Yeah, it's like an... Ep- epic epic side bend like i see people doing <laughs> side angle pose and like their torso yeah. their ribs are straight i mean that's to do with like a lot of the fascia and the outside of your right. hip and kind of in and around your obliques which i know mine's quite dense there um but like yeah their rib cage is just like straight in line with their pelvis their torso is straight i'm looking at this picture um of side angle and ray long's the key poses of yoga book and the Mm. illustration that he has the torso is actually like really at a massive side bend so that makes me feel better i'm like yeah that's how i feel i'm always like trying to correct my ribs and make it straight but then yeah i don't know like why it comes okay so so you're saying that to get your hand down you actually side bend your spine yes i laterally flex yeah yeah whereas Mm -hmm. like for me i don't have to bend my spine because my arm is so long. <laughs> my yeah, gorilla yeah. arm is so long. Yeah, so my spine can actually stay straight. So the bottom ribs and the top ribs 
feel, at least in, in, in sensation, feel more even than they probably do for you. For you, your top ribs are probably arched open, whereas your bottom ribs are closed a little bit because mm-hmm. your side is, your spine is side bent, if that makes sense. Exactly. And because okay, cool. my whole, I'm side bending that much, it's, it's requiring that my pelvis tilts more. Yes. As my pelvis tilts more, that's stretching kind of my front hamstring, my front leg hamstring. And then like a lot of the deep muscles, piriformis and the external rotators, like it feels kind of like my sitting bone just like pushes into a bunch of deep musculature and fascia there. Like it can be pretty crazy. And I've had times (laughs) when I've had like pinched nerve, a pinched nerve down in that area where it's like, I have to be careful and not go down that far. Also it'll irritate it. But it's like, yeah, my pelvis is really having to turn to the tilt tilt to the side there and that like my glutes and that whole area is being stretched a ton yeah if my arm is longer then that's not necessary my whole body's more upright oh yeah absolutely yeah so definite yeah there is one huge anatomical difference oh man side angle must be a yeah it's a challenge it's a challenge but i really (laughs) like it (laughs) i think also if the inner thigh on both legs because both leg inner thigh is going to be affected um if that was looser you'd have an easier time getting your hand down but it's it's still going to be a lot more challenging because you just have so much leg and then yeah you're right like the hip would just be so placed that um the force of it right because your side bent spine and then the hip is also working it has this force of side bend it's because your hip and your spine is attached mm-hmm. <laughs> of course <laughs> so so there is like a force going through deep into the si joint and the the hip there it's not bad but it's uh it, it's probably more of a force in you than it is in me since my spine doesn't have to side bend yeah interesting yeah oh. so like as mm-hmm. teachers you might look around the room and see if your student's hand is on the ground and maybe their front knee is going way in front of their ankle, um, mm. maybe their arm leg relationship is such that they need a block under their hand. Um, they yeah, also might be exactly. like leaning too far forward and they haven't taken a big enough stance, but they not might not be able to take a big enough stance, keep their front shin vertic- vertical with their hand on the floor because their legs are so long and it's like so intense in their pelvis and their side body. So yeah. like teachers who cue this one saying like, you should be able to put your hand on the floor or eventually you'll get your Ooh. hand to the floor. Like <laughs> maybe not eventually, like maybe never. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. Like you actually may be yeah. doing damage at a specific point and putting too much pressure on, on um, certain nerves. If you're going all the way down there, like it took me a long time to feel safe with my hand and I'll still yeah. like once in a while, if I've done a, some other strenuous activity, like running or cycling, I don't know, something where my body is. Yeah going into that pose I feel like okay this is where I'm careful and I know I feel strong here and here I can practice opening the side of my ribs and my lats and that's good enough and my legs feel strong and I'm stabilizing my hips and da 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 like it doesn't have to be super deep let's talk a little bit about the front side hip crease because that's the closed part of the joint so the the glute on that front side is open 
Whereas the hip crease, so the hip flexors and the iliacus and the um, attachment of the quads up into the hip, that's where there's going to be um, flesh pushing against flesh. If you're really, really, if your cue is to reach your hand to the ground, then that side is going to be in a lot of flexion, right? It's going to be flesh on flesh. Mm-hmm. And if your arms are really short, okay, I'm just imagining like your T-Rex arms. You have these T-Rex arms I know. that are reaching down this enormous leg. Yeah. so your side is going to be super crunched in because you can't lift out of it in order to get your hand down to the ground then you you do sort of risk the compression of the tissues on that like uh inside hip crease if that makes sense Mm -hmm. um and we know that there's labrum there we know that there's uh joint capsule we know that there's ligaments and all those muscles um running to cross that joint yeah like if you took this pose and you stood it up so you take the inversion out of your back ankle right and you just stood mm. this little guy up this guy that i'm looking at like you're basically <laughs> standing the same arm is up by your ear if you're doing utita the extended one arm yeah standing leg and arm straight and then the other leg would be like by your shoulder rotated yeah. out yeah like that's intense. Yeah. Super intense. It's intense. Instead, though, Super your foot's intense. on the floor, so you actually have the whole weight of your torso down going kind of through that hip joint. So yeah, you're mm-hmm. right. Like that can be too much for people. And if you did feel any pinching there, take a block. Yeah. To get your form yeah, up yeah, on yeah. your thigh. Yeah. Well, I think that's one of the yeah, the things to maybe that's a cue that we should as yoga teachers really reconsider of uh in Parshvakanasana getting your hand to the floor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's definitely a pose. Like I would, I could for sure teach this as a peak pose because you could go into it a couple different ways and really explain the crap out of it. <laughs> yeah, you could definitely do. You that. get people that still don't want to um, listen to you, but whatever. I think a yeah. lot of people would get tons from it. Yeah, I feel like yeah. it is a misunderstood pose. Yeah. Well, I think that, yeah, so the the front hip compression issue that we're talking about, flesh on flesh, um, that hip crease area. So knowing that, how often do you teach binding this pose? Like in um, left arm or top arm wrapping around the small of the back, the bottom arm wrapping underneath the glute to find fingers? Um, I'll teach it now and then. Mm-hmm. I teach it as an option. I'm trying to think if I've taught it. Well, the only time I've taught it as like a, I mean, nothing is a must do, but like cued it for everyone to go in. I I had a strap. This is what I'll do. I'll have a strap nearby with the top arm. You grab the strap and wrap that around your back. So it's hanging, right? Mm. Then you wrap Mm -hmm. the um, lower arm inside your leg, reach around and grab the strap. So you can be Mm -hmm. like a lot more upright in it in general. Yeah. Yeah. And then that takes out a lot of uh, where people have the inability to move their shoulders in that way. You have to do a lot of work to get there for your shoulders. A lot of prep. Yes. Yeah. Or you have to have like gorilla arms. Yeah. One of the two. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know a time when I was able, like when I had to work for a bind. Really? I have, I have gorilla arms. You don't believe me, but I have gorilla arms. I can like, I can get it. It's actually never been too hard for me to get it. Um, but holding it in side angle, it's like I can feel my front glutes. I don't know if it's the glute max, but it's just like deep right near the sitting bone, like burning to hold me there because yeah. to get my arm underneath my front leg in that side bend, 
there mm. there's so much I'm trying to I think. wonder it might be quadratus femoris that you're feeling because you're so flexed that I think quadratus femoris is at a like biomechanical disadvantage mm-hmm. you know your your torso is your chest is so far down to your thigh that the it's QF like is like long insanely pulled long yeah. yeah so it's like struggling just to hold your shit together yeah um and then your glute I think at that point must be deactivated because you're so far flexed. It's definitely like a lot of conscious work to maintain the action of my glutes yeah. there. They're not just automatically on. Otherwise, yeah, yeah I can kind of yeah sink into it and then I go into some stuff that I don't want to be sinking into. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think those are like really good cues that you, you just mentioned there, like to consciously keep your glute active when you're bound and to consciously like squeeze all the muscles that you can because it's so hard when you're bound up right yeah yeah um yeah. do your front quads burn like crazy when you do that like crazy yeah. i think like anything when you're <laughs> leaning forward over a front um flex knee like that flex knee flex tip. yeah it's probably worse in like um runner's lunge where you're just in like a high lunge and then you're leaning forward that one's probably worse for my quads but uh yeah yeah this one this one will get it this one will get your quads real good for sure um I kind of want to hop to the back leg a little bit because we talked about it briefly, just quick, and then yeah, we'll, let's do we'll it. move our way on up. So in my body, I know, and I've seen a lot of people, the tendency, because I, well, my quads aren't super tight, actually, but maybe I just will very easily let my pelvis kind of push forward or tilt forward, anteriorly tilt. The back leg, front of the hip, <laughs> that makes sense. You can like your little like uh, find your ASIS, that frontal hip bone, will want to kind of just like lean its way forward. And then my tendency and a lot of people also is to kind of overengage the quad. Okay, just a sec. So when you say lean forward, do you mean turn down towards the mat? Yeah, it's like the whole anterior tilt of the pelvis. So I'm getting more lordosis in my back because of that. So you'll see people with that. I mean, what I what I call a sway back. Do you call it sway back when mm-hmm. you have lower back extra lordosis or more than? I think you just call it increased lordosis. Yeah. Because <laughs> sway back is specific to posture, I believe. Yeah. Okay. And so, yeah. So, yeah, like more lordosis than a normal standing posture. Um, You probably will have more lordosis in this pose just because of what your hips are doing. But mine can be like, and I've seen some people like really over over-exaggerated and a real anterior tilt because the back leg, people are thinking back leg really straight and I see people's quads get like locked on really strong. Yeah. Well, does it have anything to do with your lats that the lordosis increases? Like, is there a difference in in warrior two also? Oh, okay. So it's just like the leg. quad or hip flexor. Yeah, quad or um, iliopsoas there. So what I do is I just take a tiny little bend in my knees. So I kind Mm. of like my quad can still be engaged and will be engaged to keep me upright. Um, And then, but it's a little bit longer there. So then my hamstrings can actually kick on because I feel like when my quads are super engaged like that, and again, they're kind of locking the front of my pelvis forward, my hamstrings don't have as much of a chance to counter that strength so i just get yeah, like a sure. little bit of a bend which the, in in order to bend your knee you need to use your hamstrings so now hamstrings are like okay they're yeah. doing something then i'll physically pull the front of my hip back now i'm not necessarily mm. like turning it more to the side but i just um 
posteriorly tilt my pelvis and like actually push mm. the left side of my butt, say again, right leg forward, the left side of my butt back a little bit. Interesting. Yeah. I've never had to tilt my pelvis in Parjra Kanasana. I'll show you next time we're together. No, but I think, I think you can do it. Like if you, if you came into like a really high Parjra Kanasana with your elbow on your thigh, mm-hmm. you could do a few cat cows and you can feel that relationship to the knee. Yeah, like, and then if you, yeah, cat cows in yeah, my well, spine and in my pelvis mm. because of the, just the amount of tension I have in my, um, my inner thigh. I'm trying to think of the exact muscle. The one that crosses the knee starts with the G. Good. The other one. God. Does it? <laughs> Does it? Oh, shit. I'm like blinking hard. But anyways, the one adductor muscle. Crosses the knee. Crosses. Adductor crosses the knee. Gracilis. Gracilis. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. Gracilis. Yeah. That guy specifically is tight. So then, if I'm cat cowing my spine, it's moving my knee. Yeah. Like I don't have a lot of ability to yeah. move my pelvis there. <laughs> <laughs> Which is just crazy to me. Like, but yeah, yeah, that's that's completely that's that's a lot of muscle tension that you're fighting. Yes. So then, like, yeah, yeah even because of that gracilis, it kind of wants to lock my pelvis. My quad is just like, oh my god, yeah. keep your back legs straight. But I do have, <laughs> like, if I can get that little bit of space in my back knee, then my back knee just a touch, and I might restraighten it after with more um, attention to the back of my back leg and my back leg yeah. glutes as well to keep neutral pelvis, more of a neutral pelvis. Yeah. So, okay. Quick question then. What, what would you, knowing that your gracilis inner thigh, um, and quads are so tight, what, what would you sequence to lead up to Parjra Kanasana? Um, just like some wide legged forward folds and trying to think. I would. Sorry, I'm a little bit gapping right now. Trying to think like engaging <laughs> the hamstrings, maybe just like a bird dog, like on all fours, lifting the back leg. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what do you think about like, so even just down dog, but have you ever cued like, okay, now put a small bend in your knee and then I want you to act like you want to straighten your leg, but don't actually let it happen. Have you ever done something like that? Uh, yeah. Or, like you mean. Yeah. I actually like, and that's just, pretty much how I practice my dog. I always have a little bend in my knee and then I mm. mean, I always keep that because I will want to lock my knees all the time. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I feel like that's, that's something that we could also like, you know, that thing that you did in down dog earlier where you bent your knees a tiny little bit, like barely perceptible bit. And then you acted like you wanted to straighten them, but then you prevented yourself from straightening them. Yeah. Do that thing in the, in the back <laughs> leg. <laughs> It's like a like ten minute <laughs> cue. <laughs> oh no, you'd have time. I could totally like <laughs> imagine you teaching that. That's awesome. I like that. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I wonder if that would like. I think even down dog would be a good place because then you'd, you'd see it, sort of feel it in both legs, and then you're like, okay, now now's my challenge just to do it in this one leg. All right, mm-hmm. all right let's think about this. <laughs> yeah, no, that'd be perfect. Um, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, like a wide legged forward fold that does always doesn't. Uh, yeah, that'll get my gracilis sometimes, but sometimes I, like a seated forward fold, wide-legged is like the best mm. for that for me. And that's why I really feel it along the inner edge of my knee. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I guess anything groin, with, inner thigh. With the leg straight. Yeah. 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 Because it crosses the knee. Mm-hmm. That would do it for you, I guess. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So some considerations there for people. Yeah. I've heard just like a couple of times this week, like people saying, push your pelvis forward. It's like, why? How about 
lengthen your you actually you actually want to that to me is almost anterior tilting your pelvis it is but it isn't but i think people would just do that if they if you say tilt your pelvis or push your pelvis forward i actually kind of want the opposite in this pose just to find um, neutrality, not an actual posterior pil- yeah. tilt, but I want to cor- correct those people that do have the tight inner thighs, do have the really bendy lower back that will bend mm. way more than their hips, the front of hips. their hip will stretch. So I want more front hip yeah. than bending in your lower back. Yeah. I, I think it's just a matter of like seeing your class and seeing what they need. Like if push the pelvis forward is because everyone, I don't know, I've never seen this though. I've never seen everyone's butt back. Like that, I've just never seen that. No, no. <laughs> but <laughs> so I would never say push your pelvis forward. And also I think forward in this position is really confusing because what's forward is forward towards the front of my mat or is forward um where my nose is facing. Yeah. Like to the side of my mat. Like, I don't know what forward is. Like explain to me what forward mm-hmm. is. Um And then is it. So I wouldn't say that. Your pelvis is so friggin' big. Like it's just like, is it push yeah. the bottom of your pelvis forward or push the top of your pelvis forward that's those are yeah, the two opposite actions totally different <laughs> yeah so i don't i don't really know what that means um but yeah i i think that's like a case of just like look at people's bodies and like refine what you're saying like you know what i mean yeah. like just have a have a clear direction um because, yeah, I don't I don't really get that one. I think forward and back is is sometimes really good, but also sometimes really confusing. And you just have to remember where people's heads are tilted. All that shit gets so confusing. Any tilt mm-hmm. in your head, triangle tilts your head, any tilt in your head, that shit gets confusing. So don't don't say it when the head is tilted. I say <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> never. <laughs> it's definitely a, it's super confusing. It's, hard. it's, hard. it's like when you're upside down. In an inversion, um, left and right can be really confusing. Oh God, yeah. Unless, yeah, that's like intermediate, <laughs> advanced stuff. Just that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so my right leg. <laughs> one of the things about like that yeah. back leg straight, bending the back knee a little bit, pulling your hip back. I would say pull your hip, move your hip back an inch or two until your whole the flesh of your entire belly draws back and in so that's like kind of like giving them that posterior tilt or until you feel like your tailbone points downward just slightly more Mm. or until the curve in your lower back lessens just a little bit whatever however you want to say it that will potentially take some of the stretch out of the front back hip but then usually puts it into your obliques like the the tight area right above the side of your hip bone there that's what it does for me i'm just like it actually gets it to the spot where it needs it there and then you like move your arm if you extend the arm by the ear then you're like holy stretch all through my waist maybe the ribs maybe the (laughs) intercostals and to get extra into the lats another thing you see is people pushing their ribs forward actually keep your pelvis where it is draw your belly in just gently and then pull the front of your rib cage back. So almost puff your rib cage into your upper shoulder blade. That makes sense? Cause like, oh, think yeah. of like how your, yeah. how your lats yeah. work, your lats. Yeah. The inside of your arm there and it wraps around the whole backside of your body. So you're kind of puffing your ribs yeah. into it and you can even round a little bit there. Like it, it, if you want to get into your lats. Yeah. yeah if you, if you want to do that. like something where you move yeah. your arm a little bit, you can have that like puffing, pulling back and yeah. doing that shoulder mobility yeah. and like really working some of the fascia there if you're going to do something flowy. 
Yeah. So good. I, I think that's, yeah, that's a really good idea. I love that. I've never done that before. Yeah. Cause that's my tendency as well. Really... Like, I'll just put my ribs forward against my lower back's like, yeah, I can bend. My lower back bends, my ribs go forward. My arm can go by my yeah. ear because my lats are tight. So then if I pull my ribs in, keep them in and then try and pull my arm back by my ear. Yeah. I think that'd be a really cool exploration kind of thing. Like if you, okay, you set everything up, you're in side angle pose and then that top arm, you just play with like a little different arm positionings and a little bit of like cat cow almost, but very tiny, not through the low back, just through the ribs in the top side and you play a little bit in that area, you can feel the lats and the, um, how it sort of passes the shoulder blade and the ribs. Mm-hmm. And you can sort of like floss a little yeah. bit that area. Yeah. Just by. That's and cool. for some people, yeah, it'll go strong, like all the way down to their hip. Yeah. Yeah. Depending on how tight that fascia pull is. And then you can add some breath work in there too, if you wanted, which is just extra like the cherry on top. Oh, let me read this thing about breath. Uh Okay, so I, I've got the Leslie Kamenoff book because I don't have the book that Nat has. <laughs> Oopsie. Um, and it says, so it's really cool. So I, um, Utita Parjvakanasana, he goes through all the joint actions and all the concentric, eccentric contractions, which is interesting. But again, um, I don't know. Is there any really, like, is there a point for us to know concentric versus eccentric? I don't know. Yeah, I, I've never actually, like, used it. I don't know if I've, like, use that knowledge (laughs) i've learned it and i don't really know why (laughs) have you ever like found a reason to use concentric versus eccentric like talk about it in class (laughs) or just use it or like or use it in a sequence like for some reason i don't know if i have i might have Oh, okay. I, don't know. I just, I've never like consciously. So anyway. Yeah. Okay. So what he says about breathing. <laughs> yeah. I would like to ask him why, why did you do that in this book? But anyway. Okay. So breathing. Um, he says, even though the upper side of the breathing mechanism receives a strong lengthening action in this shape so that that top arm is up and over and your ribs are open. That's, that's the side he's talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, the more interesting effect may be on the lower side of the body where the, dome of the diaphragm is driven cranially by the force of gravity acting on the abdominal organs mm-hmm. yeah, i'm like yeah so it's interesting i liked what you said nat about that i was saying before that i think it's because like all the organs kind of sink to the side that's closest to your leg with gravity and then that this is what i think is happening and then your diaphragm has more space to move in the top side does that make sense is that what i said yeah well i'm looking at him like did i say that (laughs) (laughs) no you were like you're like oh yeah that makes sense and it was so cool because you're like yeah all your abdominal organs were just like slosh slosh, yeah (laughs) it was so good i'm like yeah slosh those organs (laughs) (laughs) they would just slosh up to the diaphragm and add like a, a push and a challenge to the diaphragm yeah and so back to leslie kamenoff he says um Breath action in this position provides a very useful asymmetric stimulation to the diaphragm and all the organs attaching to it. And we know that everything is beneath the diaphragm and can be affected by movement in the diaphragm, Mm -hmm. as well as movement in your your hips, of course. But yeah, the diaphragm does have an effect. Um, So yeah, I just found that super interesting. It's something I never really thought about, like the asymmetrical breath that, that just has to happen. 
I know. I didn't really thought of it either. I'm just thinking also of like your intestines and like your colon. Like, would you, if you're a person who's like teaching purely to the organs, would you want to do like right side first compression on the right side, your ascending colon Mm. and then left side compression. Yeah. And then everyone leaves class and goes to the bathroom. (laughs) 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 It's like the yoga class for people who hate fiber. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But then, okay. So the other distinction is, is that, yeah, like I get the whole ascending um, transverse colon and then descending colon like that that process um, but I thought that was all about compression whereas this is sloshing yeah this is different <laughs> I went to like pooping <laughs> so this I, I would say yeah this is just like the difference of gravity in the way it acts mm-hmm. so but gravity is still like you're not inverted either so I'm just like thinking out loud here. I'm not too sure what it would do. I think it would just like, it would challenge them in different ways, but I'm I'm not sure what the effect would be. Mm-hmm. Maybe it would be pooping. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Yoga for people who are backed up. Oh, back it up. I swear to God, like back bends are the best thing. Well, everyone's okay. like all into forward bends in my body. If I... Maybe it's just the way my pelvis is or something. Whenever I like create a little bit more space, then I feel like things are more mobile. I can like I don't do know. a back bend just... and then be like, yep, I have to go to the bathroom. Dude, I have like the total opposite problem. Yeah. Yeah, we're we're like really opposite <laughs> digestive systems. <laughs> we're really opposite a lot of things. You have like long legs and T-Rex arm. I have gorilla arms and corgi legs. It's just, yeah, we're opposite in so many ways no and, and like that's why it's important to chat about this stuff because we're coming from like we can do the same shapes for the most part and we have like totally different experiences oh absolutely and if i was yeah. to like teach everyone that doing back bends makes you go to the bathroom bathroom and you're like oh forward bends <laughs> compression and then like half the people be like what yeah, yeah. And the other half are just like, don't make me shit anymore. I've been already three <laughs> times. Your class. Is this yeah. Oh my God. Oh my God. I can't. I can't go poop anymore. <laughs> Sometimes I poop so much. I just get like tired of it. I'm just like, I don't want to do this anymore. I've done this so many times already. <laughs> Sorry, TMI. <laughs> oh my God. It's like you and I have a few friends that, yeah, just very regular. It's not a bad thing. No, it's not. But like I, if I eat a lot of fiber, like I will go a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Like I don't, I I need to like regulate, like I can only have one salad a day. We're good. We're good after that. (laughs) So when when we eat together, when we do our yoga trainings, you're just like too much, too many veg. (laughs) No more fucking blueberries, (laughs) Nat. I just like shitting my pants. (laughs) You're like my friend, Sarah. She's just like on a daily basis. I try not to shit my pants. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> sorry guys it happens People- mexican food oh my god mexican oh, yeah food. anything Holy spicy shit. oh that's so funny that's a really it's a tough day after everybody poops right <laughs> right i hope so hopefully hope so. oh my god. if goodness. not you can do the yeah. side bend starting with your right leg forward <laughs> And let us know. Yeah. Let us know what happens. Because our theory is that it'll help you yeah, poop. Maybe Sandy is not going to do this pose. No. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> what else do we need to go over? I mean, there's 
Okay, so we got into like the ribs and the lats of the top side arm. Um, your shoulder, do you do anything specific with the shoulder of the top arm? And just that external rotation, so pinky side down. Yeah, so turning that pinky finger. To the best of your ability. And that, I mean, if the lats are tight, it's it's going to limit that. Yeah. And then pushing the whole hand. So that will turn your hand to more face behind you in general. Yeah, like towards there, but it might not get yeah. there. Yeah. And then even like pushing that whole thing back a little bit while maintaining your ribs where they are without flaring them forward. That'll give a little mm. extra like, Hoo. yeah. So like you mean like take the arm almost behind your ear mm-hmm. while you keep your ribs. Well, in. that might yeah. be that's just a, like that's the lat. Thing. When I started, that was just bringing it like towards my ear because my arm was so far forward. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like that but turn, I think that that top arm ribs in, puffed back, and then bring the arm back. Yeah, yeah, that arm is is a really active stretch. Yeah. So there, it should be like I'm reaching, I'm reaching, and I'm pushing, mm-hmm. and yeah, and that bottom arm is is just a little bit more supportive, I'd say. Oh, and the bottom arm. So yeah, I like I like all the variations depending on where I want to go. So when you, I like it in the inside, and I like I like a lot of resistance because um. For me, my muscles will just turn off if I don't activate them. If I don't like, like think about them and activate them, they'll just be like, yeah, I'm cool. I'm going to hang out. I'm not going to do shit. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna like, yo, you guys turn back on. And you're not turn. like struggling um, against tension because you don't have. No, I'm not. I'm not struggling against tension. Yeah. For me, it's just like my muscles just, if I can stay there and be relaxed, then my muscles will find a way, mm-hmm. you know? Totally. Yeah. So for that front leg i like it all so i like when you go inside the leg with your arm and you push your knee into your arm and then you resist with your arm out into the knee so none of the bones move but you have that like muscle against muscle resistance i really like that Mm -hmm. that also help you twist the chest and then when you go outside you can push your knee out and feel that outer hip a lot um and then push your arm back in and you can feel that outer hip so much it's so nice yeah yeah oh god yeah yeah you can do both Mm mm-hmm yeah. yeah. So I'm a, I'm a fan of both. I think they're, they just do different things. Yeah. Depends what you're going to teach to later in class or if you have a little bit of a focus of teaching in the body. Yeah. So much goodness there. Um, yeah. The bottom arm, the hand that is either inside, say if you're reaching towards the foot, um, you have people getting your hand as close, sorry, towards the ground rather, inside or outside. You have them up on blocks. If they're not even close, that's fine. Block on the highest height. Pushing the hand like down into the ground, that's going to turn us, turn on your stratus anterior. Oh yeah. So the muscles that really support the stability of your shoulder blade to your rib cage. Right. And that is amazing work. It gets missed often, forgotten often. Oh yeah. It's totally, I've never done that. I'm totally going to do yeah. that. That's such a good idea. You can use that for yeah. like handstand prep if you wanted. Well, I, I mean, if you were gonna te- if you were gonna teach to handstand or I don't know even like chaturanga specialized class where you're really focusing in like you yeah. could cue that inside angle as one of the like three things of three main cues say you you have or like the last yeah. little drop to yeah kind of feel that engagement right under your armpits like the muscles on the side of your ribs are kind of flaring outward yeah yeah I I just I- in my body, it just feels like a supported shoulder. Yeah. It just kind of like, like really tight. Yeah. It's hard to describe. And the, you can kind of turn stratus and lats on at the same time. Yeah. They kind of like, I can see that. Kind of just help stabilize there. Yeah. Top arm, like, well, your, yeah, like, oh, go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. 
in a handstand itself, I think both your lats and serratus have to be on. Like serratus anterior and lats. Like everything I is think, on. Yeah, everything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Everything. It's just like, help, yeah. Help. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Oh God. Oh my God. Yeah. Body weight. Oh my fucking God. Yeah. So I think, yeah, you can, but I think it's, it's harder in this position, bottom arm. You just have to, cause your lats, you would have to mindfully turn them on here. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah, it wouldn't be my first thing that I would focus so much more on the hip just because it's so much. Uh, it's a bigger part of the pose, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you're right. The arm is is it can be utilized as well, mm-hmm. for sure. That's really interesting. Also, top arm. I just wanted to say another thing I like to do. Maybe not my first time coming into Parj, Parjva Kanasa, Parjva, however you want to say it. Either way, it's fine by mm. me. Um, bend the elbow and place the back of your hand or place your hand rather to the back of your head. And then you kind of keep your chin mm. close to your throat. So you're not lifting oh, your so chin nice. up. You just slide the entirety of that back. And I even kind of point my elbow more forward. So I'm kind of closing my armpit a little bit. So like hollow your armpit, draw your top shoulder back, rhomboids, traps. And then you kind of extend through the side of your body and point your elbow towards the front of the room. Big so lats nice. and side body. Love. Hey, I, I just had an idea. What if you did this so you have a wall, let's say, and then so your front leg is facing the wall and then your top arm's reaching up and over. And if you have long enough arms, um, could you place that top hand on the wall, keep everything the same, and then walk the fingertips so that the arm goes behind the ear a little bit more? And then I wonder if you add resistance either pushing up, like you want to drag the wall up. Mm-hmm. You might get a little bit more in the lats too. Oh, I'm going to try that. that. That sounds good right can you try it and let me know i will do it later yes (laughs) sweet (laughs) sweet sweet thanks nat good (laughs) right like so your hand against the wall and then crawl the fingers you could do like a cool sequence like facing the wall with a lot of stuff like that yeah if you have like a smaller class that comes in one day bigger room depending on the room orientation Mm. Mm-hmm. lats um if you have the chance to roll out your lats oh it feels so good oh my god yeah it's like yeah everything just just goes it's so nice but my lats just love being tight <laughs> no they don't but i'm okay with it like they do i don't know they're trying to stabilize stuff even like when yeah. when the other muscles get weak and i'm not properly taking care of myself like i'm just being a regular human being who doesn't do yoga all the time <laughs> They're like, they got me oh, more than my pecs, yeah. which yeah. I enjoy. Like my pecs don't grab on as much as some people's, um, right. lats will kind of do the work there. Take over. Yeah. That's okay. I know. Well, it's good that you, you appreciate it. Like that's a good mindset to have, right? Rather than hating on it, being like, fuck you fucking lats. It's so fucking well, tight. It's just like, your body. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. You have to think, of, yeah, I just like maybe doing yoga over the years, like your body is always trying to help you. Your fascia is trying to help hold you up. It's like, oh, you're in this position. I'm going to like create more tension there, create more cells. Let's do it. It <laughs> It's trying to help you. It's it's always just like this little thing. Like imagine like a little person running behind you is like, hey, what are you doing? <laughs> it's like, do you, do you need some help? Do you want some more you want some me, support? Want me to hold your hold arm? Yeah. Yeah, 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 I'll do that. It's okay. And yeah, it's just what we have to do as people adults living in the world to make a living and get by and get the things done and you know people take care of their mm. kids etc your body has to do certain things you can't just be yeah. in a yoga class all the time you try but you can't yeah 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. No, that's so it's a really good mindset that you have. That's awesome. I I just gravitate straight towards like, oh fuck, this again. <laughs> Some more work you know? to do. <laughs> Damn it. Whereas no, you're right. It, it is a compensation pattern that we should feel grateful that we have and then also be able to let it slide away Mm -hmm. especially in (sighs) able-bodied people like you and i don't have any major problems Mm. yeah so just to yeah i think knock on on wood wood, right yeah Yeah. little little hamstring tear now and then no big deal (laughs) no really it's like my injuries have been very minor compared to you know a lot of athletes a lot of other people yeah even regular people yeah yeah Oh, your is your back feeling better? Almost a hundred percent. But I've gone running, and I think I reactivated like an old thing, and then my my pelvis was out again. So I had uh, my physio check me out, and he put me back into place. But I, I can like I can feel it slowly coming out of place. Like I even asked him, I was like, "Oh, hey, um, does like will this adjustment last?" And he's like, "Yeah," and I'm like, "Hmm." <laughs> Because I've had like SI adjustments, pelvic adjustments before, and they never last. Well, no, like if you keep doing whatever you're doing to put it out of whack, then it's just gonna go back. Do you- yeah, because the the um, neuromuscular patterning of being out of whack is more ingrained than being in whack. Yeah. Right? Are you like sitting yeah. weird or sleeping weird or doing something weird asymmetrically? Um, I'm not sure. It might be the way I run. It might be, it might be like a back injury from a long time ago that just tightens up over the the weeks um i'm not too sure what the root of it well i know the root of it is in my back and it travels down to the hips mm-hmm. um yeah i'm not too sure I, I don't really i don't really know what it is that i do in my life but it's hard it's like i can't when i'm watching tv and i'm just lounging it's not like i know how i'm sitting you know it's just, i'm just sitting <laughs> i don't know <laughs> you probably know do you know how you do you know how you sit when you watch TV? Yeah, I'm not sure. Like a weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> sit like a yoga teacher. Okay, so my point is, is that it's not conscious. Yeah, but like you can, if you pay attention. Like, like I'll weirdo. sit with like one, one knee bent, my heel kind of folded in towards my pelvis, and the other leg straight out on top of Eric's lap, <laughs> like to the oh my side. Gosh. Okay, okay, I do know that I sleep asymmetrically. Like, I have to be right knee bent, left leg straight. Yeah, that's gonna fuck you up. Sorry, yeah. Yeah, that's Like, think of doing any posture like for yeah. so long. Like, yeah. yeah. Oh, so comfy. I know, I sleep like that too. But then I said, I know, I know yeah. why. <laughs> I know that I do that. Okay, yeah. It's just so comfy. I don't, I don't know how Actually, to. Actually, I don't know if I can do like, I'm more like two knee bending these days. I haven't done as much. Oh, one. I, yeah, I have to kind of stack. That's, but that's better. Two knees is at least like symmetrical. Yeah. And then I'm... Whereas like the one legged asymmetrical. <laughs> I don't you're think like, it's good. yeah, your hip, is it right knee in? Yeah. Yeah. So then like that right psoas is just in a short position all night. Oh, you so get up comfy. and go walk and it's just like, yeah, yeah. I'm way out of whack. <laughs> That's okay. Work on I'll it. I'll figure it out. Yeah. I'll, I don't know. I don't know. More, I don't know. More I don't know. But butt activation on the right side there probably. I think just if I could sleep on my back with my legs. Maybe I have to straight jacket my legs. Maybe just put a little tiny little bolster or cushion or blanket roll under your knees. Mm, maybe they don't like yeah, being maybe. straight. Especially it's not your right leg's not going to want to be straight after sleeping like that. It's true. So might have to do that. Some people sleep like that and it helps. 
Okay. Like okay, a I'll think about it. Yeah. I'll, super I'll beautiful I'll shavasana. Harvest my uh, my dog's pillows from the couch. Mm-hmm. Try it <sighs> next time you nap. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, is that all we wanted to talk about with Parshvakanasana? I think it's pretty good without us going like, whoa, we just went over an hour. Yeah, shit. We should uh, probably stop. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. Thank um, you. As always, we just have those a uh, few things to finish off with. Um, so the first thing is my biggest i'm the biggest fan of rad rollers they create wonderful um products to release to massage um and they come in all different shapes and sizes and and sort of you know just different angles that you can get at your body um so you can check them out at radroller.com i believe we'll link it up um yeah and they're just great tools if you haven't used them yet they're i think they're like the perfect adjunct to a yoga practice or any mindfulness practice it helps you get into muscles that you might not be able to activate at first and then you're you're sort of more aware of them it puts it on your radar as you start to move um as well as release muscles that get tight over a day of sitting talking walking just human adult life mm-hmm. i reorganized <laughs> uh well as we we're like unpacking all of our boxes here i have a kind of a cabinet storage like a sideboard unit thing and like one half of it is all of my props and i have two sets of all the myofascial release balls they're all in one place now <laughs> Um, I just like showed Eric. I'm like, these are where all my balls are. I'm like, <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> He's going to use them too. Um, yeah. It was like very just a happy moment for me to have all my things at home in oh. one place. That's so nice. Yeah. yeah. All right. And then from me, um, I just want to remind you guys that we um, advocate for Wanderlust. So if you're interested in any of the Wanderlust yoga festivals that are on throughout the year of 2019, we have a 10% discount available for you. So you can click the link um, in our show notes or you can go to our website, natandsandyyoga.com, and you'll see it on the front homepage there right away. Um, and coming up with Wonderlust is their Whistler Wonderlust event, which is August 1 to 4th. Um, unfortunately, I can't go because I have a training that kind of overlaps. And I think you are just a little bit far for that one. But I've gone before and that one was really, really fun. Just like the environment being in Whistler. So gorgeous. I went all the way to the top and they had like this amazing dinner thing and Ooh. up at the top of the mountain basically oh so i've never been i've never been to whistler it must be so pretty it's pretty nice yeah it's pretty yeah. good damn it so uh, yeah so far if anyone's interested go get a little bit of a discount at least it makes a difference and maybe you can spend more money there because sometimes that happens oh man they have such good products so i remember their gift shop and i just wanted like everything yeah yeah they they definitely everything. get really quality stuff and like local vendors yeah. and really unique things so yeah it's a good time some really good teachers going to whistler and then if you're in whistler you can visit nad in victoria right it's not that far well (laughs) (laughs) i don't know my bc geography typical (laughs) torontonian it's in the same province oh my gosh yeah it's like take a or get to vancouver which you probably would have gone through anyways and then go to twasin which is like an hour, 45-minute drive from actual Vancouver, but still the lower mainland. Then get on a ferry for an hour and 35 minutes, and then you got to drive like half an hour, and then that's where you'll find me. Holy cow, why are you so far? Well, that's just like Vancouver <gasps> Island. It's just, but it's nice here. Oh, my here. goodness. How am I going to come visit you? You're so freaking far. You can just fly into Victoria. You can do that, too. Oh, really? Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's much easier. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. 
<laughs> okay, guys, we better sign off. We're like getting really long in this podcast. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. Bye, guys.